welcome to the Sally Allen podcast. As you know, this is a platform where people share their stories of resilience. And today I have a power couple for you. I have Miss Mandy White Escalin and Mr. Sami Escalin. And boy, do they have a powerful story. Welcome, Mandy and Sami. So excited to have you guys here. Thank you so much, Miss Sally. I have been waiting for this invitation forever. <laughs> Since I met you, I'm like, oh, when do I get to be invited to this? <laughs> I remember that. I, I didn't realize you were like, you invite everybody, but you don't invite me. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I had to give you a little heads up. Like, yes, give me a little heads up. But you guys are here and we're very excited to hear your story, right? Um, so who wants to start? Let's go ladies first. Oh, thanks, honey. He's such okay. a gentleman. gentleman. Yes, yes. Well, some things, there's so much to tell. I don't even yeah. know where to stop. But one of the things I have to share is I've been in Vegas for 22 years, but I'm originally from Louisiana. And a lot of people don't know, my mom is actually Cuban. She was one of the original Peter Pan kids, if you know about that story, that were flown in uh, around 1960, 1961 from Cuba to the United States. And my grandmother had to put my mom on an airplane with only a necktie that had her name on it and her name sewn in her clothes and a small suitcase and put her on a plane in the middle of the night too man it's it gets me emotional still like yeah. i you want to talk about like generational resilience yeah i look at my what my grandmother had to do in order to sacrifice to be able to give her child a better life right and so my mom was put on a plane in the middle of the night with four of her cousins and they were originally in a like a monastery and then they were moved to an orphanage for two years while my grandfather my grandmother and a small, my small uncle was back in Cuba trying to find work. And then my grandfather came to the United States and it took two years, two years for my grandfather to find work, get my mom out of the orphanage, go back for my grandmother and my uncle. And then they were raised the rest of the time in Louisiana. So that is like a big part of my story. It, start, it starts from like generational, right? Yeah. Like the strength, the resilience, the, the determination to really have a better life. And I feel like that that's been something that's been ingrained in me since I was a child. And that story is such a huge part of, of who I am. And I, I look at my grandmother who has passed since, but you know, the strength that, that she's had. And for me, being a strong woman is, it so much relies on, on that piece of my history. Wow, that's a powerful story. I didn't know that was part of your story, Mandy. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's crazy. It's, it, yeah, yeah. We don't, you know, we don't know where people resiliency comes from. We see it, but it's nice to hear where yours came from because I see you as such a strong and powerful person and I admire you and look up to you so much. So thank you for sharing that. How about you, Sami? Well, obviously a name tells that I'm, I'm not from Texas. <laughs> so I'm originally from Finland. I moved to U.S. 12 years ago and now. Uh, and I don't have as colorful a story, obviously, that my wife has. But um, uh, Europeans are very, very traveling all over the world. So I've, I've been in a lot of different countries prior and I spent quite a bit of time before I permanently moved here. But yeah, I, my, my background is in, in military. So I spent in the military for 11 years total and uh, threw a few curveballs uh, that we might even talk about today. And then I end up over here and, and now. Uh, working with my my amazing wife over here, but uh, from that point on, when I moved here to I met my wife, obviously there's a, a lot to 
things to unpack, but uh, that was kind of the abbreviated version. Yeah, so you were in the Finnish military, right? Yeah. How is it different from our military? Just a, a little, you know, how is it different? <coughs> Just find out, like, uh, what's, is, is there, is it different or? Yeah, so Finnish military is mandatory. You have a minimum oh, time okay. that you have you go, to yeah. kind of, some of the other countries like Israel, um, in, exception to Israel, men and women are both mandated to go to go to military and serve sometime. But um, in Finland at the time, it was only for, for men. Mm. So at the age of 18 to 28, you have to do a minimum armed forces time. Um, up to you where you want to do, where you want to apply. Uh, I decided to challenge myself. I, I applied to be in one of the special operations community and end up getting there and end up getting in a lieutenant and officer and served there total 11 years. When it comes to the service time, is very similar. I, I have a lot of a lot of friends that are Navy SEALs and and other special special forces um, here in U.S. and a lot of the stuff that ac actually carries over, like yeah. our selection process, are very a lot like similarities. So obviously, I think that's all over the world. Yeah. Like when you go in a certain tier, um, we're in a very global <laughs> global um, um, kind of an entity. So yeah. if if some countries we do a lot of cross training with other countries, and if we find something that works. Uh, usually we adopt it. So right. uh, as we've been training together for for a lot of times with different countries, uh, everyone kind of morphed into be the very very similar entity. So yeah. So I see you two as a power couple, and I know you've gone through <coughs> trials. As uh, you know, you you came to the U.S. and then Mandy, you've gone through some things, and then you met. What are some of the things you've both gone through, and then you've met, and together you're working on that. That's a very, I say loaded question, but it really is. There's quite a few layers. And, mm -hmm. you know, I also, when I did move here 22 years ago, I got married and I had two beautiful children, which my kids now are 18 and 14. And I couldn't be more proud. My daughter is in college in Madrid, Spain. Awesome. Uh, and my son, he's just an, a basketball superstar. But I got married and then I also got divorced about 11 years ago. So my kids at the time were like uh, maybe like four and eight when I got divorced. So I was a single mom for a few years before I met Sami. And that is where, and this is a really interesting piece because now looking back, I felt like I lost who I was. Mm. But during that time of being a single mom really helped me discover more about who I am, right? Like I feel like I had to get lost in order to find me mm -hmm. and find what's my purpose, what's my vision again? Where do I want to go? Who do I want to do it with? Like what do I want to attract in my life? So that period of being that single mom definitely guided me and and it was a, a time of discovery for me about who I was and what am I made of and what what do I really want in my life? And it's interesting because it was like during that time when I was really clear and standing in my own power and being a strong single mom, that's when I attracted the man of my dreams, <laughs> and that in itself is quite a funny story, which I'll have to share this story because it's really funny. So I was a single mom being a trainer full-time in the gym, like yeah. struggling, and there were so many days during that single mom period. I was sole provider basically for me and those two kids, and there were times where I was so broke <laughs> that I had to dig 
change out of the cup holder in my car and make the decision if I'm going to give it to my kids to buy their school lunch Mm -hmm. or to put gas in my car to go to work and be able to train another client. And it was a really hard time. And there were there were days I just sat in my car holding that change, crying and go, you know, like, I, I, you know, God, please, like, give me some direction. Like, I, I please, I need some direction. I don't know how to do this by myself. And I found such a, a deep spiritual connection during those times because I, I know that in the darkest of our times, that's when we're carried, you know, that's when we're carried and we're guided by something way bigger and more divine than we are. And so during those dark times, that was, like I said, when I discovered so much about myself and spiritually, you know, brought me to my knees. But I knew that there was light at the end of the tunnel. And I kept holding the thought that the best days haven't even happened yet. Mm -hmm. The best days of my life have not even happened yet. And sometimes I would repeat that to myself over and over and over again. Like, I know I'm going to get through this. The best days haven't even happened yet. And as a trainer in the gym, which is really cute how we met. So (laughs) I would go to work, I would train my clients and I would leave, like go handle my kids, go pick them up, bring them back to the gym, train more clients. But during that time, I was the least interested in any guy, just so you know, like I didn't want to even like entertain any idea of dating again, being single. I mean, it was like, no, I'm I'm mama bear and just leave me alone. So it was interesting because I noticed Sami, of course, but to me, I originally thought he's so handsome that he's going to be full of himself. (laughs) And he never said a word ever in the gym. And we were working in the same gym literally for almost a year before I even, you know, knew his name or anything about him, to be completely honest. I didn't care at the time. But what was funny is I was training my client one time and he was doing a photo shoot on the other side of the gym and I needed the neck pad, right, to to help her do some squats and it was behind his videographer. And so I tiptoed all the way to the other side of the gym behind the videographer. I picked up the neck pad, I tiptoed back and then the videographer said to Sami, which again, I didn't even know his name at the time, why did you stop? She didn't walk into frame. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy is so full of himself that I breathed the air in his corner of the gym and he like he stopped talking. So I literally go back and I tell my client who's my best friend, I'm like, can you believe that guy? He's literally so full of himself. And so little did I know, I'll let Sami tell his side of the story, but little did I know that uh, shortly after that, I had noticed that he wasn't wearing a ring. And so I had asked another trainer, I'm like, what's, what's the story with that guy? And so one of the one of his friends said, you know, that's such a really good guy. He's a really great man. Honestly, like his ex is a little psycho. She was trying to get him deported, but he's a really great guy. And I'm like, huh. So then I started to look at him different, but I will let him tell the other side of that story. (laughs) I'm picturing you took his breath away. That's why he stopped recording. (laughs) Is that the case? (laughs) The actual thing was that remember that at this time I've been living in the U.S. right about maybe three years, closing into three years. So even though my English is, is like at the time was was not as good as it is right now, I still had a thick accent. So uh, we're filming a um, commercial for a supplement company. And uh, I had this long line of basically this monologue <laughs> that I had to learn. <clears throat> and there was no teleprompters, no nothing. So I had to simultaneously 
uh, try to memorize and be all natural, but then also try to shave some of that strong accent off that I had at the time. Uh, but uh, I was so just hyper-focused until she walks behind <laughs> the photographer or videographer, and I was like, I saw her, and, and it was maybe it was like a glimpse or something, but at that moment, like, my just head went blank. Like, <laughs> and I didn't know what to say. So obviously that translated into me just being so full of myself that it was like, no, it was the exact the opposite. It was like my confidence went from like, like, okay to zero. <laughs> oh but yeah, it was, uh, I'm glad that happened because I kind of had a similar story. I, I, I was married previously and, uh, and obviously we, we looked for counseling and everything else at the time and. And the things just didn't seem to work. And obviously, I, I, I don't want to point fingers in any direction because I don't think anyone's perfect. But uh, things went to lacrosse. And then obviously, divorce is, is usually full of heated arguments. Yeah. So, so when, when that time, when, when things went down, um, I had to move. I remember it was Thanksgiving weekend. I, I had to haul my stuff out of the house by myself, load them up in... Uh, in a U-Haul and put them on a weekly rental place and then move myself into a weekly rental place, uh, which I didn't know what's going to happen. Like at the time, my immigration status was still kind of on a limbo. Like I was there with the, um, based on my marital status. So obviously there's some things being said and I was like, well, I don't know if, if I'm going to be in the country in the next, mm-hmm. in a few months later. So that was for me, there was a few months period of time that I was living in a literally cockroach infested uh, a little apartment away from this beautiful, beautiful house that I just built. And I don't know what's going to happen with that. I didn't know if I'm going to stay in the country. And it was it was very, very like it was a moment of clarity. Like when I realized when I walked into that little place that was <laughs> smelled horrible. And I was like, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm just going to be rebuilding myself. So a lot of times I remember New Year's Eve after that, because this happened probably in summer around November. So <clears throat> on New Year's Eve, I was sitting by myself in an apartment, just planning what my life is going to look like, look like after this. Like I went in such a focused space and same thing. I wasn't looking for jumping into another relationship. Yeah. So... So when, when we had this little interaction, I didn't think about that. Like in any way, I'm just like, oh, whatever. So, but, but I, I guess it was just some sort of higher power that decided that we're, we're meant to be together and, and I'm, I'm glad that happened. But yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting, interesting time. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's pretty funny. I want to backtrack a little bit to Mandy, something you said, right? Um, when you left, you were trying to find yourself. And for the ladies listening out there, how did you find yourself? You had two children that some days you're sitting there with just change, deciding, you know, gas or food for your kids. How did you find that resiliency in yourself and, and found yourself say like, I know who I am, I know what my identity is? That's a great question because I know so many women also struggle with that. I think it was even I'll even backtrack a second because when I left Louisiana when I was 24, almost 25 years old to come to Vegas, I really only knew like two people, Mm. but I knew that I was being called for something different. 
I knew that I just believed that I'm meant for something with a bigger purpose, right? I just didn't know what it was. And I kept being called to Las Vegas. So I moved here to really start that process of like, what is it? Why am I being guided here? And then years later, going through a divorce, I really kept that thing. Like, I know I'm here for something bigger. And those times when I was having to decide between, you know, the change in my car, what do I do? I really was like, okay, God, please just give me a little bit of a sign, right? Like give me a little bit of a sign that I'm going in the right direction. But I knew that no matter what, where the resilience came from was that I had two kids to take care of Mm. and that I had to, as hard as it was, pick my head up off the pillow that day. I had to go to work. I had to do those things. And it was like, okay, it was more of a survival time in my life than it was like a thriving time but I had to survive for my kids, right? Like yeah. I had to, like I didn't have a choice. I couldn't crawl up in a hole and and, and cry every day as much yeah. as I wanted to. I didn't have a choice. My choice was that I needed to get up and I needed to dust myself off and I needed to go to work and I needed to do whatever I could that day because I knew that and trusted that God was gonna put the right steps, right? Those right, right. stepping stones, even though I couldn't see what they were gonna be, I trusted that they were gonna be there. And, and just keep moving, just keep moving. You know, I, I, I also like, um, you know, from Nemo, just keep swimming, just, <laughs> just keep, keep swimming, swimming, just keep swimming, just keeps. And that's yeah. really so much of how I felt, but I knew and I trusted. Like, I know I'm going to get there. I don't know where that other end is. Yeah. I know it's something bigger than me. And I know I have a bigger purpose here on this planet than to be able to work. But I had to get through that part in, right. in order to figure out what that was going to be. Yeah. So what I'm hearing also is that sometimes when you feel like you don't have the strength, you draw from your kids because you know you had to be there for them. 100%. Like yeah. like they were my why, you know? They they yes. were they're still are. They're my why, why yeah. I work so hard. Why? Cuz hard work is not at all an issue for me. Both of my parents were police officers, believe it or not, in Louisiana. Yeah. They both worked extra time, overtime, shift work, whatever it was to provide for our family. And we didn't have a lot growing up. But hard work wasn't the question. But when it when I didn't want to do it, I did. I drew for my kids, right? I did it because of them. And because I knew that I needed to also show them yeah. what it's supposed to be like, right? Like what a mom is supposed to, to be like. And it doesn't have to be the dad that provides. Like the mom, like this is me. What is my mom going to do? Because I couldn't let my kids sit there and see me crawling in a right. in a corner. Like they, I, I'm like, no, I'm going to dust myself off and do it for them. I'm going to do it for them. And it was almost like I borrowed their belief, right? Like yes. I borrowed the strength from them yeah. in order to keep going sometimes. Yeah, I love that. That's going to be my closing line. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sami, I want to go back to you being in that, um, like one of the things you said you were in the, the cockroach infested mm. apartment and I know like t- talking to you you know I uh, one <coughs> of the things you're pretty big on is mindset mm. and how do you grow and change that mindset so tell me about your mindset when you were going through all of that and um Mandy was she just knew she just knew she had this resiliency in her <coughs> and when she couldn't have her own belief she borrowed from her kids but what got you through that time what was your mindset and what got you through um that's a good question. It was, um, honestly, I've, I've learned throughout the years even, and I know military was a big, big thing for me on that point is that when things get really tough, when you get into, whether it's a physical firefight or, or emotional firefight, 
you just kind of gain a sense of clarity of what you really want to fight for. So if you allow yourself in a moment and when that kind of like that panic and overwhelm kicks in, uh, if you just kind of look deep inside, you're going to start getting answers what I need to fight for. So mm-hmm. you, you're going to start dropping on a lot of different things around you that's not important. But then you're going to start noticing that what are you unintentionally making move towards? And for me, that was a time where I really realized that, hey, this is important to me. Not not staying in U.S. and everything else, but really like, no, I want to build something for myself. And uh, this is a perfect, this is a, a clean slate. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a rock bottom, not in any way, because I don't think anyone falls in a rock bottom. Because when we fall, we still fall down with a bunch of other experiences that we can now use to build something on it. So it was, it was a time for me where... Uh, I very quickly started making uh, very concise decisions of where I'm going to take my life towards. And um, I think that's been, that's, that's been the biggest lesson for me is step aside for a second <laughs> and do a little self-assessment. And like I said, it's, it's the perfect analogy when, when you're talking about military. Like you, you have to take cover first. You have to see where the shots are coming from. And what's my next move is going to be like. Yeah. So that's that's been honestly one of the biggest reasons why we've been able to create what we've been able to create. Because every time we've been facing a lot of adversity, uh, it's just allowed us both now to have an opportunity to self-assess and see, is this something, are we still on the right path? And if the answer is yes, then we're just going to remove all distractions and just charge towards that challenge that we need to conquer. I love that as, mm-hmm. as you're talking, I'm listening to the contrast of how Mandy tackled her resiliency and what she needed to do in <laughs> yours. I figure yours will be more tactical in military. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love it. So then you two met and you had some adversity within, like when you met, you have a powerful story there, right? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, let's just make it clear. I asked him out first. Oh, I love it. The girl power. <laughs> Actually, it was really funny how it all worked. Facebook, believe it yeah. or not, because he had posted something and I was out of town at a fitness convention and I actually commented on his post and then he messaged me and he's like, how's the Fit Expo? And I'm like, it's great. Wish you were here. Hit send. And I'm like, oh my goodness, unsend, unsend, unsend. And at that time it was too late, uh, which is really funny. But we ended up messaging and talking and it was really great. We had that distance, right? We weren't actually in the same gym at that moment. So we messaged literally for like four days nonstop and we got to know each other. And then when I came back, I said, hey, you know, I'd love to ask you for coffee. And what was really cool, he's like, yeah, absolutely. So the next day we went to coffee when I got home and we sat in that coffee and we were thinking, all right, maybe it's like an hour coffee date, right? It ended up being almost three hours. And we really both laid everything out on the table. And look, I'm a single mom, I'm not playing games. You know, if you're a player, See, uh, see ya kind of thing. Like, I'm just not, right? Yeah. Like I was not looking for that. But he was in the same spot. Right. And he wasn't looking for anything either. So we became really good friends. And with that, there was absolutely an undeniable chemistry between us. But we were focused on becoming friends, communicating, because mm-hmm. I was still finishing things with, you know, my divorce. And it wasn't pretty. 
and he was with his as well. But what was great was we became that we built that foundation upon friendship yeah. with a lot of fire, you know, just <laughs> a lot of chemistry. And but once, honestly, that we went on an official first date a week later, we knew we really became inseparable and that's been almost nine years now wow. and we've had lots of adversity right? right like we really have there's there's no joke like we didn't wake up and okay great now you know we we arrived no nothing like that we've had so many struggles i mean during the first five years of our relationship we were both trainers in the gym eight to ten hours every single day mm. he had a night job in the service industry he'd get home midnight 1 a.m sometimes and he had one night off a month one night off a month wow. so I, a lot of times i was still a single mom every evening handling the kids right and he never got to see the kids and yeah. we never got to see each other and finally we just got to another i say milestone but almost like a benchmark where we were like no we've got to do something different we right. you know the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting right. different results right. we were doing it for five years so we knew like we had to do something different and that's when we decided to shift gears and that was another pivotal right it's like that pivot point it's the pivotal uh, point in our life overall with our goals our dreams and and creating a different type of success where we're not trading our time for dollars and that was a huge huge learning lesson and still is we're still learning you yeah. know four and a half you know five years later so it's i love and i, I really appreciate i love and appreciate and i'm even going to say this here I love and appreciate, I'm grateful for all of the tough times, the dark times, mm -hmm. because those were necessary, and I speak for myself, those are necessary for me to figure out who I was, where I'm going to go, what's my purpose here on this planet. So I'm grateful for those things, and I realize that the more that I embrace those things and keep them close to me, you know, that's when I learn and grow even more. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Adversity can be your friend. Yeah, if you utilize it, yeah, for and, resiliency. Yeah, yeah, and finding the gift in it, finding right? Like, gift, yeah. okay, what what is the lesson here? What is this supposed to be teaching me? What what is the gift in it? And if you look for the gift, right? Like, right. if you really look for the actual gift in any situation, there always is one. There's always that silver lining. Yeah. And when you choose to focus on the lesson and the gifts, to me, that's what helps us grow so much. Yeah. So, Sami, what was your lesson in it all? Um, there's no really bad emotions. It's how you really direct them. That mm -hmm. was a big thing. Um, anger, frustration can be very powerful for a short amount of time if you know how to pinpoint that in the right direction. It's just a lot of energy. Uh, <clears throat> so, like Mandy said, adversity is, is powerful. And, and it needs to be because it allows you to have contrast. If, if it allows you to have a different perspective on things. Yeah. And... If you really want to create a lot of wealth, if you want to create a, a lot of good things in your life, not just wealth in financial and monetary way, but also your friendships and everything else, um, the adversity is, is necessary because yeah. it allows you to connect with other people in a, in a different way. It allows you to be more relatable yeah. and allows to see different situations from different perspectives because you've gone through those. Maybe you're not on that situation at the moment when you're having that, but you can put yourself like you can you have the empathy and sympathy put yourself in their spots and yeah. through those you're able to create your like deeper connections so and with those deeper connections you can actually create a lot of good things around you yeah. so the fact that you just need to embrace whatever happens in your life and and sometimes it's hard when you're really in the middle of it mm -hmm. 
like the, when the wall is literally collapsing on you and everything else, you feel like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. But it just becomes through uh, constant work that you need to just give yourself another persp- perspective on things. Yeah, and I like what you said before. It's still going through my head. It's just take a step back and assess your situation. Mm. Like you don't have to jump into problem-solving mode. You just got to take a step back and assess before you move into yeah. action. So I really, really like that. Um, so what are you guys doing now? Well, now we we completely shifted. About uh, four and a half years ago, we retired from personal training. We started doing network marketing. And I love, I never knew. If you would have asked either <laughs> one of us years ago, would you be doing something like that? We would have been like, no, absolutely not. Matter of fact, he would be like, I'm going to prove them wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really true. And we weren't open to this industry by any means because first of all we our background is in personal training i'm also a holistic nutrition expert and a gut specialist like i've dealt with my own health issues in order to help other people so our passion is really helping other people get healthy but we just weren't in the right vehicle to do it so when we decided to try this industry it was a little scary at first right because we're like oh my gosh what are people going to think of us like what you know and we did we got some judgment oh you're doing one of those things and we're like oh man like so we just put our head down we really did we put our head down and we're like you know what this isn't about what other people think yes this is about the impact that we are here to to offer and what tools do we have in our tool belt in order to do that for people so now we help people not only with their physical health but also with their mental wellness, Sally. And I know that you're excited about that piece too because <laughs> yes. we all know how many people That's have right. suffered you know, from stress. Like right now, in the current situation, stress. Everybody has stress. Yeah. Uh, coming out of a crazy global pandemic, right? Yeah. The anxiety, the depression that people have had. But also taking high performers like Sami and I, we're already great. How do I get to the next level on that mental wellness? You know, how do I really take my mind and my capabilities to that next level? So we get to help people with that mental wellness piece and be able to earn money from home, which doesn't rely on a government or a recession or a pandemic. Like we get to help people in the tiny pockets of their time, be able to make extra income and all from impacting other people's physical health or mental wellness. And to me, it's a fulfillment that I didn't even know was possible. It's such a deep, like, and this is where, like, I get emotional because, you know, to help so many families have their time back because we didn't have ours. Yeah. You know, we didn't have that time with each other. And now we work 24-7 together and love it. We wouldn't trade it for anything because we didn't get to do that at the beginning of our relationship. So to be able to give families the opportunity to stay home, to be able to have that freedom of choice, you know, do I want to go out and work 40 hours a week or do I want that time with my family and knowing that what's possible even to work in the tiny pockets of their time and and financial freedom is just so extremely fulfilling and liberating for me as a person as to, okay, God, I really get what I'm here to do right now. And I am just getting started. You go, girl. I love (laughs) I did hear something about Sami wanting to prove everybody wrong. What is this, Sami? Tell me about that. I I guess I, so when we talk about one of these things, um, I actually, when I was 18 years old, so that's mm, 25 years ago, 
So uh, I went to one of the meetings uh, and I came home with a basket full of cleaning products. And I went home with my parents and said, hey, listen, I'm going to be rich. And uh, you know how that's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> when, you, when, when you go there, uh, this is, I think I was 17, 18 years old at the time. And, uh, and my dad let me, let me have it. And, and really, like, kind of, in quotation, educated me about the industry. And I held on to that for a long time. Mm. And so when this industry was brought to me, it was a lot of that buildup over two and a half decades that I thought the industry is broken. So my idea was I'm going to go in and I'm going to be smarter than everyone else and expose everyone. <laughs> and I just ended up exposing myself pretty fast. I realized, like, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm being basically, not that my dad lied to me, but... His experience is his experience. Right. Unfortunately, he, he installed that to me. But then again, I probably wouldn't be open to this industry anyway, like right. 10 years ago, because I wasn't at the time. But then then again, my thought process was, was at the time that we've tried everything else. So let's just try this too. Mm -hmm. And we fell in love with it because it no one asked our resumes. No one asked our anything else. There's right. no... It doesn't matter what gender, what your background, what anything else is. <clears throat> and when I really start looking at it is it falls in alignment with everything that I want to do in life. I want to mm -hmm. help people. So I can do it as a personal trainer. I'm, I can do it with my wife as personal trainers and nutrition coaches and help dozens of people or even hundreds of people. But then again, if I can adopt a system or we find a system and we found right platform, we can help hundreds of thousands of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that became to very clear, like, no, this is a great vehicle. And now we've been able to help people uh, earn anything from a few hundred dollars a month to tens of thousands of dollars a month. In a matter of fact, we actually just uh, promoted another six-figure earner today. Today. Yes, uh, which, I saw that. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's it's just been a blessing for us because we we get to work from home and we get to work with all kind of people. Like we, this that this is what we do. We like yeah. to help people. And uh, whatever that entails, we we get to work with them. Yeah, that's pretty powerful. Your why is bigger than anything else, and it is to help people. When mm -hmm. you find that North Star and you work towards it, it's the most powerful thing ever. So an honor talking to you too. What's a takeaway for our audience today? Never give up and dream bigger. And that is one thing that my personal mentor and one of my closest friends, Marina Wari, taught me is you're not dreaming big enough and i'd be like no but i am she's like no 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 you're not dreaming bigger big enough you need to dream bigger and for me i was like okay and and she really helped me understand like what that is because the mind is like a balloon once you blow it up and it goes back down it's never the same original size right and so she's really pushed me to dream bigger and really see more of what's possible and it's like a mind expanding mentorship and friendship that i have with her and i'm so grateful for it and that's what i really want to offer other people and that's when you know me mentoring people in this business I want to be able to offer them that and, and anybody even out there listening like never give up on your dreams never ever give up on your dreams and sometimes those dreams might shift and change but do it and do it bigger dream it and dream it bigger and really like dream your dream with your eyes open and make it happen yeah amen to that Swami yeah um small mind small pockets that, that's what I learned about myself. It's when I, when I was a very close-minded person, I didn't have that much. But mm -hmm. when I started really opening that up, uh, I started realizing, like, hey, there, there's so much out there that I haven't really even 
really scratch the surface yet. Well, friends, as I usually end with, it's never too late to start living resiliently. And my takeaway is that when you don't have belief in yourself, find powerful people and draw from them until you find your own belief. I want to thank you two for being on the show today, and we want to thank our audience. Um, remember, if you like our show, rate, review, and share with your friends. Thanks for George behind the decks. I guess there was Austin yes. there before. I don't know when that switch Whoa, happened. Austin was here. What? I've been here the what? whole time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks to Sticky Paw Studio. Love you guys. Oof.